Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me in the King Power Stadium, the bowels of the King Power Stadium, are James the Sharp End Sharp. Hello. And we've just sat through... Claude Powell's pre-match press conference ahead of the trip to Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. Now, we've had an international break, so we've had a couple of weeks of uh, no games. So you'd think that everybody would be rested and fit and firing to go, but that's not the case, is it? No, it's not. Kelechi Iheanacho is a doubt because he fell over and fractured his hand while away on international duty with Nigeria. Um, he played in their first game in Poland but missed... The defeat um, against Serbia in Barnet uh, with the broken hand. Uh, Claude said that he might be able to play through it. I mean, fans will remember the title-winning season when Vardy played with his cast on, uh, despite despite having two broken bones in his wrist. That never seemed to heal. No, they? They never, well, he had to have surgery in the end. Yeah, also I think he kept it on because he scored lots of goals oh, yeah. when he was wearing it. Um, a bit like Gary Lineker used to do for England. You yeah, won't remember that. No, if if he actually can can score the same amount of goals that Vardy did with the cast on then that would be great uh, so yeah so the, he'll be checked out to see whether he can play with it Claude said he might find it a bit weird but we'll have to wait and see but even though he's broken his hand he's still potentially in contention yeah um, Matty James is not unfortunately he is um, going to be He's out with a sore Achilles tendon, which is a bit of a shame for Matty James because he's, he missed a huge chunk of the season earlier mm. on with with an Achilles problem. We're not sure if it's the same Achilles that he injured last time, but it's it's um, it's another game that he's going to miss, which is another shame for him. Harry Maguire missed uh, he missed the game against Italy because he came on as a sub against Holland and came off again because he'd got. Well, it looked like a tight hamstring, but Claude said that was just cramp. And even though he might have watched the game through some closed fingers, he Harry Maguire should be okay. We we, we did think that um, it was going to be a bit more serious for Harry. Didn't we? I mean, we heard it was a hamstring problem, but cramp. I suppose that's a more logical conclusion to draw, yeah. considering he played. It wasn't the plan to play him against. Uh, Holland on the Friday. He's he, meant to play against Italy, wasn't he? He was, he was meant to start against Italy with Jamie Vardy, and both of them start on the bench because they played 120 minutes of the FA Cup quarter final against Chelsea on the Sunday. Uh, so inevitably, he picked up a bit of cramp, I should imagine. But uh, that's all good news because we did worry that Harry Maguire, who's been such an influential figure, was going to uh, miss a game or two because he's been uh, an ever-present this season, and it'd be great for him to go all the all season with that record yeah. intact. But Matty James, you've got to feel for Matty, haven't you? I mean, he's, he's not done it. In, this is in training. He's not in a game, and uh, and he's pulled uh, done another uh, Achilles, which frustrates. Yeah, him. and hopefully, I mean, Claude said he just felt he felt he felt it. Whether that means he felt it go or he felt he felt it was sore. Or how long he might be out with it, I don't quite. We don't quite know, but yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because Matt, Matt is a he's a great lad and uh, he's uh, he's a strong squad member. And I know I know some Leicester fans have been getting on his back recently, but 
he does he does a job for the team, he does the job that he is asked to do, he does that well and he's just he's just really is one of the he's really one of the good guys from our point of view. Um he's always great with us. Uh, well it's better to have your players available than not available is, as well yeah. so um, you know any sort of player that's going to be missing and we're assuming that because Puel said everybody else is fit that Amate's back now or certainly uh, uh, close to being back because he, he didn't mention Amate yeah, that's today a good point, actually. he didn't ma- mention Danny Amate at all today in his little uh, fitness roundup. Um, and in the broadcast section which is the f- first part of the press conference we're not allowed to ask questions well um, so um, nobody seemed to ask about Amate eff- uh, effectively so um, we're assuming that he should be okay because he didn't mention him yeah, yeah I'm assuming so I mean I, I not uh, not crossed my mind but no he, he was ruled out for a month just short of a month ago so you'd yeah. expect him to be on the comeback trail but he didn't mention him I can't see him Starting ahead of Danny Simpson? No, not at the moment. Although you do seem to prefer uh, fullbacks that get forward a bit more. Yeah, we said it after the Chelsea game, didn't we? There were so many times where the player that was in the position to put the ball into the box ended up being Danny Simpson. You just thought, ah, you, you'd prefer there to be someone there who's got a uh, quality delivery time and time again in that position on the ball. So I think we said at the time that it raised questions as to where Danny Simpson fits into Claude's plan in the long term but for now at least you'd say Danny Simpson's still first choice at right back so I, even if Amati is fit I can't see him coming straight back in Well um, when there's injuries that means there's opportunity knocks for other players and uh, it looks like opportunity might be knocking for Adrian Silva um, judging by what Claude has just said about how he's going to have an important part to play in the final few games of the season uh, with Matty James being out, that down to three centre midfield players with Chente Abura, Wilfred Ndidi, and Silva. Now it's been really frustrating, hasn't it, with Silva because he he never he hasn't been able to cement himself in that midfield at all. Obviously, he missed the first half of the season because of his registration issues. Since then, it always seems to be um, uh, Matty James or Abura that's in front of him because Wilfred Ndidi's a nailed in starter, yeah. isn't he? Every game, and the rest of them are competing to, to partner him. But he always seems to, he's not been able to take his opportunities up to now. Yeah, I mean, his first introduction was in that game at Fleetwood where he must have thought, what on earth is this all about? And he, yeah, he struggled to really nail down a spot. Whether that's because not quite sure what kind of midfielder he is yet. I mean, I know people have asked Claude's been asked before, is he a number 10? And he said no. And then he's played him at number 10. And then he's played kind of alongside the three. Where he fits in is is a bit is a bit of a question. Of course, it's not going to help missing performance of football and you just training in the gym by yourself. Mm. That's not going to be able to get you up to match fitness. Because yeah, let's, let's go back and, and reflect on that because he wasn't even allowed to go and train on the pitch with the players at first, was he? No, he was doing fitness work with his brother, who's a personal trainer, and bleeding kick-ups on his own looking out the window saying please can I come and train soon and Paul just said that you know it's, it's very very hard to replicate the intensity of a Premier League game in training yeah and he's, he wasn't even doing that he was just keeping fit and basically kicking a ball against a wall for a little bit so you can you can understand why he's not at the level where he would probably hope he was and where you'd imagine where you would you'd think that Claude would hope he was so that's a bit of a frustration I also can't see him breaking in ahead of... If Claude stays with two central midfielders, I can't see him breaking ahead of Ndidi and Abora just yet. We, we had so long the 
the problem of an unbalanced midfield and now finally it looks like he's found the, the pair that goes well together with he'd found them early in the season yes, and changed it, it with Ndidi's ball winning and, and what he brings to the side and then Bora's composure and ability to in Puel's system where he likes the midfielders to to have a look and play possession football someone who's got the composure and the ability to pass the ball like Bora you'd think he's tailor made for the way Puel wants to, to play where Silva fits into that if he's not going to play in the Okazaki role I'm not quite sure well, let's talk about the Okazaki role. Because yeah. we've called it the Okazaki role, but a lot of people play in it besides Okazaki. But um, he's not going to play it as well as he does. Though. No, exactly. And uh, but well, with uh, Iannaccio being out, possibly being out of the frame, he might be able to play with the cast on. We don't know yet at the moment. We'll find out before the game at Brighton. But uh, Shinji's had a bit of a rough time on the old international front, hasn't yeah. he? Uh, considering he's the third time, third all time record goal scorer for Japan his face doesn't seem to fit under this uh, new manager and he's been left out of the squads now my, my, I'm wondering whether you know Japan's loss ultimately because they didn't exactly uh, produce some great performances or results recently without him whether their loss is going to be City's game because remember when Claudio Ranieri used to say it's Shinji's brother that used to come back from international team yeah. not Shinji and his brother's uh, a lot crapper than, uh, <laughs> than Shinji but um it's uh, he doesn't have that travelling now. He doesn't have that issue at the moment. He's got the disappointment possibly of missing out on a World Cup spot, which you know, thirty-one. He still thinks he's got a lot to offer his his country. Do you think that could uh, fire him up for the last eight games of the season? We'd like to hope so. And uh, I know he, he spoke to a couple of the guys that follow Shinji around, and they were saying that he's been given, he's been told by the Japan manager that if he wants to play in the World Cup, he needs to score more goals. And so, without the fatigue of travelling around the world like he normally has, and with that message in his mind saying, this, this, is, this is going to be your last World Cup if if you are selected, the only way of you doing that is by scoring goals. If you're Shinji, you're going to go out there and try and bang him in off the lampshades, aren't you? Well, so- this is two things, there are two, two issues here. First of all, his goal scoring record for Japan is excellent, 50 yeah. goals and 111 caps. But he's a very unselfish player, and he's always been asked at Leicester City to play a different role. Yeah, that withdrawn striker role, which probably isn't his natural game. Well, no, but well, he's done it with Japan been. when he first signed. I remember I was talking to the Japanese guys, and they said, "Well, for Japan, he would play the Vardy role. He would play. He would be the main striker on the on the shoulder of the last defender. He would be in the goal scoring role. For Leicester, he's not never been, never been asked to play that. He's he's, he's the support guy." who does the link of lane or does all those dirty work that no one else can do as well as Shinji. But ironically, this season, I remember the start of the season was his best goal-scoring record for Leicester in God knows how long. He was firing them in. And I remember speaking to him and he was saying that he'd worked on that this season. He'd worked on winning the ball like winning the ball for Leicester and playing it off. Instead of just being satisfied with that's his job done he was working a lot harder on getting into the box and getting into goal scoring positions and that was working at the start of the season he's scoring goals yeah and then obviously Claude came in and finding the right balance for the squad meant that Shinji wasn't playing as much so wasn't in his good goal scoring form if he if he can come back and start scoring the goals it was at the start of the season It'd be stupid to leave him out of the World Cup squad. Well, he's probably his rival to 
starts that withdrawn striker, that number 10 behind Jamie Vardy, Damari Gray. Now, he's had a big boost, hasn't he, in this international window, being asked to captain his country and scoring as well at Molyneux in that game against Romania, the Silver Regis International. Uh, great tribute to a great England centre-forward. Um, do you think he's going to come back refreshed and full of confidence? Um, I hope so, because when he, before he went away, he was suffering from probably the possibly the worst run of form or at least run of confidence that I can remember in, in recent because he started the season very positively especially when Claude came in and and Puel showed a lot of faith in him and that was reaping a lot of rewards with Damari and then over the last few months he struggled to really produce the kind of end product that you would want from someone who's wants to play as regularly as Damari does but and he's been given a few well, he's been a few times in press conferences Claude said he needs to needs to keep working on he needs to stay patient needs to work on that end game hopefully going away to England and been given that responsibility I mean I have to admit I was surprised that he was given the captaincy in a team that's got the likes of Calvert-Lewin Tom Davis Ben Chilwell who are all you would you would say come across as more captaincy material that's probably been a bit harsh on Damari but I, I, you don't, I, don't, I never really perceived Damari as being in the running to being under-21's captain but I think he's, a, he's the sort of character that there are certain characters like Jamie Vardy if you want to get something out of him you get in the face you get at them as a manager he's a, he's a rock, rocket of the backside yeah he? but Damari uh, I think is one that really needs to be nurtured to be looked after have his arm around him and, and I think Giving him the captaincy was A.D. Boothroyd giving him a boost, saying, look, this is how important you are to us. This is how important you can be in, in this England structure as well. Go out and... And, and, and he did respond. He, he responded with a good performance and a goal. So I think that's the problem. It started, as you said there, he got a reaction when he came in, when Peel came in. There was a reaction from Damari because he felt wanted, felt like he was part of the squad, that he was an important player. But now, in the last few months, when he's been in and out the side, he's not really performed. I think his confidence has taken yeah. a knock, and I think that will give him a massive boost. That England game. I think you're probably right. So I think that's a good point that we've said before that Damari's one of the, one of the ultimate arm around, arm around the shoulder players. And I think you're right. Giving him the captaincy, got, there's, no, there's no real bigger arm around the shoulder than, than giving him that captaincy. Hopefully, hopefully that boost and that. And that confidence, and Claude in his press conference saying that shows that he's growing in his maturity. Hopefully, that will bring the benefits for Leicester because we all we know Demario Gray has got so much talent in his feet. He just needs to find a way of of harnessing that and getting the best out of it consistently. And hopefully, this is a way of, of going about doing that. Well, let's talk about. We've been talking about the uh, the two guys that are uh, competing to partner Vardy or certainly provide the support. For him, one about the man himself. Uh, he scored his goal in yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo's boots that he had to go and buy himself because yeah. his Nikes had split and they hadn't got any. Rep- uh, I found that incredible. Didn't have any spare boots. Now, Harry Maguire turned up with a bin bag full of them when he got called into the I don't, 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 don't Surely I thought they had about six, seven pairs. But well, that's, whatever, that's the story, isn't yeah, it? That's the story. The bar, it? Yeah, and he had some combat boots, didn't he? Camouflage uh, boots and training as well. Uh, anyway, so he scored for England, his seventh goal yeah. uh, for England the other night against Italy. Um, he's on a great run of, of goal scoring form now. That's eight in ten yeah. for club and country. Uh, he's the main man ahead of Brighton, isn't he? Going there because City have never won at Brighton. They'd love to, and with 
Vardy uh, in fine form if they uh, put uh, put the service in for him. No, not not if you're Lee Dixon, you don't think. So, no, do no, no. We, yeah, now if anybody's listening and didn't hear this, we all didn't tune into the ITV coverage of the pre-amble. Uh, I mean, you you and me were both quite both we on quite Twitter shocked. about this. Yeah, yeah. Lee Dixon was on about uh, Vardy's performance in the twenty uh, odd minutes he was on the pitch against Holland. When he uh, didn't touch the ball at all. Yeah. Now Lee Dixon blamed that completely on Vardy, saying he wasn't running, he wasn't making any runs, and, and wondering what was going on in his head because he didn't offer England anything, which is quite a remarkable thing to say. And he from, certainly got a re- reaction from Slaven Bilic. Didn't he? Yeah, I mean Slaven Bilic was the only bloke in the studio who wasn't English, and he was the one that was sticking up for Vardy, saying, basically laughing in Dixon's face, saying, "It's one game, one game. Why are you not more supportive of your English players after?" This is a player that's been in great form all season. He's, well, after that, has now scored more goals in his first 21 appearances for his country than Owen, than Michael Owen or Alan Shearer. He, with, a Harry, with uh, Harry Kane injured, he's England's main striker. Why are you slagging slag- him off? And it took, what, Vardy but 20 odd minutes to. That's it. The best way to answer the critics is to put the ball in the back of the net, and he did that, and he could have had a hat trick as well because it was a good saving tackle. Uh, right at the start of the game, then the keeper pulled off a good save as well when he was put through. But he looked like the typical Vardy that we'd seen. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to see what happens when you actually pass the ball to Vardy. You give him the ball, he's in the right areas. In the right areas, he scores goals because he makes intelligent runs that other strikers don't really make. Because um, you, you, the, the one way he ran one way in front of a defender, then the other way, you don't really see Kane make those runs. That, they're very typical Vardy runs. And yeah, I mean, what better way to answer your critics than by smashing one into the top bin after about 20 minutes I just I wish he'd have run in front of the TV studios and given it the West Brom um, Russell but no we've always said haven't we that Vardy is still underrated from people outside of Leicester who still tar him with a non-league Leicester City not a natural finisher brush is my claim famously said. Well the only one that the only Leicester City player that doesn't seem to be underrated is Riyad Mahrez who um, everybody says he's too good for Leicester City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can't win in no, that No, um, I mean we all we, I love, love seeing Vardy score for England because it answers all those critics answers all those doubters and it just shows you what benefits you can reap if you have this kind of desire the ability and mental toughness of Vardy and it's great to see hopefully you can channel this into Brighton. Well, Michael Brighton spoke. Michael Brighton has spoken ahead of the uh, trip to Brighton, and he pretty much said that Vardy looks like a 21-year-old in training, doesn't he? He's running around everywhere, still got that lightning pace. That doesn't seem to be slowing down. Still got his appetite for the game, and uh, long may it continue. He's, he's evergreen, isn't he? Yeah, when he scored his 50th goal a month or a couple of months ago, we spoke to him. We, we, he spoke to us in the mix zone afterwards, and I remember asking him, I said, "How's the body feeling?" Because you. It's just before he turned 31, are you still feeling fine? He said, yeah, to be honest. He says, I'm a bit stiff the, the day after a game, but I've said, I, he said, I feel fine. It, maybe it's because, he said, maybe it's because I've started in professional football later, so I've not had the strain on my body. Of, he says, yeah, I've been kicked about by some dodgy cross-eyed centre-backs in mm-hmm. non-league football, but you're not under the day-in, day-out strain of professional football. He said, maybe that's helped me. Maybe his his body shape, the fact that he can eat rubbish and still have about five percent body fat, maybe that helps him. He says he's still feeling fit as a fiddle. All Brighton said he still looks as sharp as anything. He still looks at the top of his game. Well, we're heading to Brighton on Saturday. The long trip to the south coast. It's not been a very fruitful uh, journey in the past. Three times City have been to Amex Stadium, uh, Brighton's new home. 
and they've only picked up one point on those travels. Again, I know I've, when we've been there before, I always think it's a good atmosphere in, this, in the ground. It's a small yeah. ground. It's a unique ground. Um, and, and then we have seen some decent games there as well. Yeah, we have. I think, I, you know, I think I've covered one, I think. Um, that was Loire Loire. He scored a late equaliser, yeah. I think. That's the year one. Matty James scored in that game. That was the one, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, quite, it's a really nice stadium. It's quite new, quite modern. You're quite close on the ground. Um, it's good. I, I, hopefully Leicester can go there and get something. I know it's been a difficult place to go. They're quite good. They're a good side. They're safe now. Um, they they can play with some freedom. They've not got Knockart playing for them. They've not got Ujoa playing for them this week. So maybe Leicester can can take advantage of that. I don't know, but a difficult place to go. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first game I went there. The first visit there was Leicester's first visit, and it was a. Uh, it was a defeat which uh, saw three players sent off and Will Buckley score a last-minute winner for the home side and uh, Jermaine Beckford uh, was sent off for something he said to another player that's a linesman overheard and that he got sent off down the tunnel. Took his frustration out on the wall down the tunnel and where, where the mix zone is down, the, uh, down there, it, we could see in the tunnel and there was a massive hole in the wall. Where he must have hurt his foot to belt it like that. If only he'd belted the ball as hard when he was uh, sitting on the nine. But, uh, and then Neil Dans got sent off in the, the very last minute as well, taking one for the team and get, picking up his second yellow card. But City have come a long, long way from, from there. That was when Nigel just come back and was trying to rebuild the squad after the uh, the, the amazing spending power of Sven Jürgen and Eriksson. Trying, trying to get rid of the rubbish. He was, yeah, the Deadwood. Uh, you, you remember him saying it's uh, not uh, big players with big reputations, it's just big wages and <laughs> things like that. So, um, yeah, but he changed it, transformed it. We are where we are now. Brighton have caught up as well. They're in the Premier League. So this is the first Premier League clash there. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens on Saturday. Puel is obviously talking up City's chances of qualifying for Europe. Got eight, it feels like an eight-game mini-league now, doesn't it? Yeah, because the, the title race is, is done and dusted. And while the relegation battle is still wide open, Leicester for once um, are nowhere near, no longer involved in that, it looks like there's a, a battle forming between Burnley, Leicester and Everton are the, the three main contenders. You could look a little bit further down and look at maybe Watford maybe even Brighton but that's that's pushing it a little bit Bournemouth as well mainly it's that that three team Burnley, Leicester and Everton and it's basically an eight game shootout um, for who wants that seventh place and I think these last eight games are really going to do, going to define how successful a season this is for Claude Well, yes he's taken Leicester from a team that was fighting relegation to a team that's battling in the half of the table that the fans and the owners want but having reached two quarterfinals and not getting as far in the competition as Leicester would have hoped for, I think if Leicester, I think whether Leicester can, can clinch seventh or not is going to define whether fans see it as a successful season or not. So I think if they finish eighth and miss out in this FA Cup quarterfinal when they would have played Southampton in the semi-final, will seem a bit of a frustration. About you? Oh yeah, but I still think if you look at it and how far the club's coming over yeah. the last couple of years. Still think it's not a bad season, no. but I totally see what you mean, and I think a lot of it will come down to the game at Turf Moor in a couple of weeks' time, yeah. and that's going to be a huge game now. I mean, I've just been joking with Rob Dorsey from Sky Sports saying, "Are Sky going to give it the big build up as they give everything a big build up?" You know, this is the race for seventh, um, but it, it, it is. It's going to be a big game in, in defining um, who finishes seventh because seventh could be good enough for Europa League if the winners of the FA Cup have already qualified for Europe. Yeah, unless it's unless it's Southampton that somehow yeah. win. 
You're more than it's all but certain that seventh place for, qualifies for Europe, and we've already seen the owners make statements saying that is the that's what they want for the club is to be Europe play, battling in Europe. This is their chance to do that. They had the chance in the FA Cup to do that, and they, they didn't quite manage that. This is their big opportunity now, and if they can get, the, but that Burnley game's huge. If they can get, if they can get get a win there, that puts. I mean, Burnley are three points ahead of Leicester at the minute anyway. Unless they can get a win there, that puts them in real good shape, I think, with with, with the running. I know they've still got Tottenham to play on the last day at Wembley, um, and Arsenal still to get rearranged. They're the two big, difficult fixtures. I think there's a really big chance now for Leicester to, to, to clinch that seventh place. There's some toughies as well. I mean, Crystal Palace away won't be easy um, going down there. They fight for their lives as well. But uh, I think City have just got to focus. The old cliche says a one game at a time, yeah. starting at Brighton. They've got to down the Seagulls to get their seventh place hunt off to a good start. Now, thank you very much for joining us on, on this podcast. I should have said it at the start, but I'll say it at the end. Don't forget to go to beer52.com. Uh, to use the tagline Leicester to register and you could be sampling eight beers from around the world and all you've got to do is pay the postage and packing. Join us on uh, the Mercury website and our Facebook page in the build-up to the game for all the stories from this press conference and uh, James will be running a live blog throughout the afternoon at the Amex Stadium and you can join us there and then obviously in the Mercury afterwards all the reaction and our match reports and verdicts. Thank you.